Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the supremacy of our first order fleet. This is Four Center. I'm Ken Napsok, like I said, with Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landau. Ooh, I like being on the supremacy because I like yeah. us all wearing shiny golden bathrobes of evil. You bring up, we have so much to talk about, but you've got a great tangent. Snoke's gold bathrobe. It's beautiful. You love it? Yeah, it's a thing of beauty. Landa? I love it. And did you guys see what's underneath the bathrobe? <laughs> no, where's well, this going? Did you see that? Well, I Jennifer. Oh, Jedi, the first Snoke. What, is, uh, <laughs> what did you see? It was an action figure or something, oh. right? Didn't you guys see this? I mean, I used to try to look under the Imperial Royal Guards. Outfits. I looked under all robes. Yeah, Klaatu's <laughs> robe, Leia's robes. Oh, I looked under them all. So what's it? It's figures. just a jumpsuit? What is it? It looks like pajamas, like nice linen pajamas. Looks. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it, too. And it's just, uh, did you see Pablo's tweet? No. Because Pablo's always got a tweet. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> it's an original. It looks like maybe some uh, early draft of Jedi, which would be Re- Revenge of the Jedi. And the Emperor, maybe even it was Empire, because um, it was Vader's castle. Okay. Yes, yes. And the Emperor had a gold cloak. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, style it makes grandeur. sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. I just love seeing something different. Yeah, I, 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 I'm agree with you. All right, that's the show. See you all next time. <laughs> Welcome to Cloaks R Us. Yeah, T Public and go to Patreon. No, guys, we're here. We got a great show. It is Directors of Doom. That is right. The news broke a while ago now that uh, Colin Trevorrow is surprisingly, in some level, uh, out as the director of Episode 9. And this is our chance to get into it. And, you know, a lot of times when we're going to talk news, we always say, hey, at Force Center, because of our recording schedule, we don't, uh, we don't uh, get a chance to react right away. So Sometimes we do special Force Center Reacts episodes, and sometimes that's, you know, they're a little disappointing. We love to get together as a team. Other times, I love the little breath of perspective that we can get, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that here in a bit because other additional information has come out, and there's a lot to talk about there. I'm happy to join my Force Center team to get in those great discussions. But before then, we want to look back, and gosh, guys, we had, we had some chances for adventures. Force <laughs> Friday 2, Joseph, yeah. you were at Dragon Con. Jennifer, you won the day on Force <laughs> Friday 2 with your excellent Porg video. Yeah, take us behind the social media. Oh, behind the social media. <laughs> I told my daughter that we were going to go to a Star Wars party because <laughs> the way that they had built it up, right, was yeah. that there was going to be activities. I envisioned like face painting. We went to Target and the first thing that greeted us when we walked in the door right. was this gigantic Porg plush. Yeah. And she started I mean. freaking out. She was so excited because at home I had showed her a picture. She saw I have on my desktop a picture of a pork because we sure. all do. Because you're a good mom. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is what we might see there. And I yeah. said, this is a porg. And she goes, oh, she loved it off the bat. And then when she saw the giant version, <laughs> yeah. that's why I had to record it because she was like loving it. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh my she gosh. She hugged it almost to death. She, yeah. yeah. But it was too big. I, You guys, it was like yeah. $116. I really debated whether or not I was going to buy. I didn't buy it. I mean, if you had immediately launched a GoFundMe, the internet <laughs> right. would have bought your daughter a giant porn. Right. You know, I'm like, like, I'm not 
we have Patreon, a lot of the GoFundMe you mentioned. I've never been a huge fan of like public wish lists. <laughs> yes. But Jennifer, if you're ever going to do a public wish list on Amazon, that might be on there. For her, for my daughter, for her, and for, her. for me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there wasn't as much, I guess, yeah. like, well, maybe because there was like nothing there. Everything had been picked over. Okay. So the, the uh, shelves went, were pretty empty. And you went on Friday, though, right? I went on Friday. Wow. But people must have gone, you know, at night, at like midnight or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Our, our friend of the show, Mark Riley, was telling me he, on the Friday afternoon, about one forty two o'clock, went to a local establishment and cleaned out. Really? Cleaned out. So, what? Yeah. People, I think you're right. There was a lot more midnight action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Midnight action. Yeah, there's a lot of midnight, midnight action. action. We're uh, playing the tunes here on Force <laughs> Midnight action. Uh, Joseph, you get experience Force Friday? Uh, I did in a way because Dragon Con was super, super Star Wars heavy. So I got to see a lot of cosplay. Oh, okay. I got to see uh, uh, people reacting kind of in real time to. I mean, the, the Snoke Golden Robe was kind of because of the toys. When people saw the toys, yeah. that there was suddenly like ripple of like people literally walking by going, Snoke Golden Robe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I saw so much great cosplay at Dragon Con that I wanted to be sure to share. There was yeah. somebody in a full gonk droid costume, oh. like actual life-size gonk droid. It blocked me from the bathroom, so I was <laughs> if I had to be blocked, I was glad to be blocked by a gonk. Uh, there was a Lady Han uh, with the best Chewbacca I've ever seen. That was oh, in an I elevator. Saw you post I saw that. that. Yep. Yeah, and that literally was at like 2 a.m. Uh, uh, on the best Friday morning, like going into Force Friday. And it's right. like, is this real or am I just wow. that tired? Yeah. Uh, the best, the weirdest thing I saw is there's a great uh, Leia Organa classic, all drawn uh-huh. Leia. Uh, and then she was escorting a slave Leia. Oh. But the slave Leia was uh, in one of those T-Rex costumes that are very popular <laughs> on the internet now. Yes. And it was just a giant T-Rex with the slave Leia bikini <laughs> on the front of it. In those Gosh, T-Rex, people whoa. can't see where they were going. Right. So it was being guided. So well played. That was oh, pretty interesting. Exactly. And then, so my plan was, uh, you know, I'm just going to wait until, like, Sunday when I have time at Dragon Con and go to their big, like, merch area. Right, right. Uh, which is in a whole separate building. I had to wait, you know, walk blocks and wait in line. And uh, two years ago, during the first wake, Force Awakens, people yeah. had... Force Awakens stuff. It was just grossly overpriced. That's where I bought my first Stormtrooper. Right. My first uh, Force Awakens thing. There was nothing. There was one pop that was a Snoke pop. Other than that, there was nothing from wow. Last Jedi. And I think that's wow. maybe because everything got cleaned out. And even the like the Hawks at the vendor's booth yeah. couldn't run out and get it. Whoa. That's interesting. It's interesting. I, I want to. I, I haven't looked up the numbers. Yeah, but apparently this Star Wars thing popular. <laughs> did you do anything, Ken? I did zero. <laughs> I did absolutely zero. I uh, got a copy of Phasma and Leia, which are part of the Force Fridays two merchandise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess you could you could say that I e-commerce my way. But as far as experiencing and going, you know what I did on that Sunday? I swung by my Walgreens to see yeah. if there's any uh, left. Nothing. Nothing. Mm. And I wouldn't expect there to be. But that's. I wasn't even going there just for that. Yeah. I, I bowed out of Force Friday, kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> Part of it is because I've moved and I have so many boxes of Funko Pops right now that I find it to be ridiculous for myself to buy any more. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll fill your apartment up with our GoFundMe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I want, you know what I want, want more than anything? I've had it in my cart. I just couldn't commit. Is the, the Hera uh, Black Series figure. Oh, oh yeah. Really, she looks really great. And, yeah. and the Ray Speeder bike one, the, the Ray Speeder. Yeah. Oh, that that looks nice. pretty great, too. Yeah. 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 I did eventually go to a Target on Force next Tuesday or whenever yeah. it was next Wednesday, uh, and the only figure they had was one General Hawk, so I got him. 
Perfect. Yeah. He's Perfect. Like cute little hucks. Cute little hucks. <laughs> and then you had a lot of fun in Dragon Con. We recorded yeah. a lot of Star Wars counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'll be checking in on the audio, trying to make sure that it sounds uh, it sounds good. It can be hard to record there at Dragon mm-hmm. Con, but hopefully that will be out soon. And it was a really great panel, a lot of great questions, a lot of Boba Fett uh, talk, which was really fun. Oh. I haven't covered a lot in Star Wars counseling. So, yeah, it was a great, great uh, weekend of Star Wars at Dragon it. Con. I love it. We do, uh, we do that. And uh, some programming notes, guys. Um, you know, we, if you're in L.A., we haven't heard. I don't want to put this out there. If it's not, it's not official, but if you're in L.A. and you're going to Stanley's uh, L.A. Comic Con, we will at least be there as mm-hmm. as as patrons. Uh, but we're trying to get a panel there. So if, if we want to give, I want to put that out there. If you, if you know it's, uh, if you're going to attend that, start looking for that. We'll let you know officially. But definitely, we will be there, and we'll try to meet up with some fans there. And also, uh, we uh, we're gonna. We're gonna re- we're reading Leia, uh, yeah. Rebel Rising, Phasma, yeah. um, and we are gonna take some time. We we didn't want to rush it because I know Jennifer, you're reading Leia, mm-hmm. and we want uh, we're gonna do a four center review of of those books, but particularly Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and Rebel Rising. They are really, and I don't know if they intended it to be. They are really interesting. I guess companion pieces, Joseph, is the yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just finished Leia, and as I was reading it, I mean they're very they're they're the same print they're mm-hmm. you know the the disney young adult they're 400 pages yeah. so it's like this all feels very familiar but also the story yeah. because it is two heroic women's uh very different journeys to be a part of the rebellion yeah mm-hmm. and pretty fascinating so we're going to do that the way four center likes to do with some thought perspective and time to really digest it so look for that in a couple weeks i just want to give you guys because we get some tweets about that but that is it up top for housekeeping and catching up we got some news to talk about we've got some director adventures to get into <laughs> jennifer what is the news looking like now Well, after much anticipation, Star Wars Rebels announced that the final season will premiere on October 16th, and they dropped a very juicy trailer. (laughs) In the trailer, we saw Force Wolves, Kanan and Hera having a touching moment together. Literally. Literally, exactly. Uh, Saw Gerrera nudging the ghost crew to be more extreme. There will also be some old favorites appearing this season, like Bo-Katan from The Clone Wars, Bail Organa, and Mon Mothma. And to change things up this season, Chopper has a black and yellow paint job in honor of Dave Filoni's favorite hockey team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow. What? Is that real? <laughs> yes. Supposedly. I read an interview wow. with him, and that's what he said. Is that the whole season he's painted like I that? I don't know. I mean, I'd be I okay with it. I, I think, I've never liked Chopper's color scheme. I know it fits in with the Rebels crew, especially yeah. early on in season one, but I've, I've always I've never liked it. And that's why when it appeared in Rogue One, I thought, eh, it, it, we're, I'm glad he's there, but it doesn't look like, I mean, there's oddly painted droids throughout Star Wars, don't get me wrong. But I almost like the black and yellow. Uh, right? I think yeah. it would right. work. Yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little worried about uh, Mr. Filoni going mad with power, like, <laughs> deciding yeah. mid-season that he's supporting a different team. Yeah. Like, yeah, I need you to draw a dolphin on Chopper, because I'm just really into the Miami Dolphins suddenly. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So I'm curious, obviously, I don't watch mm-hmm. Rebels, but you guys mm-hmm. are fans, so I was curious to know what got you most excited when you saw the trailer. Uh, this is the second trailer, right? The first one was really, really good, too. Yeah, um, yeah right. I, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Rebels, they do amazing trailers, which sometimes contributes to the this little pang of disappointment sometimes during the seasons when things don't measure up to the amazing trailers. Mm-hmm. Like any trailer, they take the big epic moments, and then you got Puffer Pig's son, AP5, <laughs> singing on the other times, and that's okay. <laughs> Okay, that's okay. But Joseph, am I wrong in thinking like, wow, but I know there's going to be some things I don't. You know, I was like, blown away. And then when I watched it again, I was like, 
is the entire rest of the shots all Hondo? Yes. Did we? Yes. No. I think, you know, before when they've had the blowaway moments, it was mostly dropping that other characters you know are going to pop up. Right. And then we don't get there. I feel like they have so much to do that this this is a little bit more accurate to what the season's going to be than it has been in the past. Mm. I, um, I, yeah, I, I think you're right there. And I think this is going to be the best season. It's just shaping up to be yeah. the best season because we're getting so much in there. And the trailer, you said it, Jen. Juicy, juicy, juicy. Yeah. yeah. There, there are a couple things that popped out to me yeah. that really excited me. Uh, I like all the stuff that they're doing with uh, uh, Kanan and Ezra really looking like they are approaching their destinies, whatever that might be. Yeah. Really making me feel like they are going to tie off that whole sort of Jedi thing. And I like that line of dialogue in particular where they said, uh, I think it's Ezra says, all the paths are coming together. It might be yes. uh, Kanan. I, I can't remember. No, which I believe one. it's Ezra. If it's Ezra, so that, yeah, it's showing some growth. Yeah. And maybe he's talking to Kanan. Yeah. Uh, like all the paths are coming together and she's like, okay, yeah, well, the show is wrapping up. But it also seems like meta commentary on this era of Star Wars to- storytelling mm-hmm. that's all dealing with the new idea that the war doesn't start until Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody's path to deciding, yes, we will fight. Because that's right. also what's going on in Rebel Rising. That's what's going on in the Leia book. Yeah. All of these paths of this storytelling kind of finally coming together. To, to, to the actual civil war, to, to, rebellion, to, yeah, exactly. true rebellion. Wow. The Battle um, of Scarif essentially starting it off there, huh? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And I'm intrigued by, there's a lot of things to be intrigued by. And I know a lot of this season is going to focus on, on Ezra. Um, and that's intriguing because I don't think Ezra's going bad. And I, I don't think Ezra's part of Sagarera's partisans just because there's a biker scout helmet in there. Uh, <laughs> that, but hey, who knows? Um, but uh, I like the idea that him, him just outright questioning, you know, Kanan talking about it's not just that you fight, but how you fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kanan saying, we're, or, or Ezra saying, we're, maybe we're fighting the wrong way. I, I don't know exactly what direction that could take him, you know, and I like that. Yeah, I yeah. Like that. I think there's a lot of things uh, uh, that that they could possibly do to resolve both Kanan and Ezra not being around as Jedi. I love the Krennic mention, right? Yeah, because I'm really cool. hoping that that means they're actually holding back. We do get to see Krennic because yeah. I love Krennic and I could use more of him. Yeah, um, and maybe some Palpatine not Ooh. shown here, but I think uh, yeah, I like all that. And Thrawn, the fact that Thrawn had a you know the Tide Defender was his project, and now maybe there's some Imperial infighting, and yeah, uh, you know, we'll, you know, will we'll Thrawn's end happen here? And then uh, Hera Kanan's interesting, something that's been brewing since a new dawn. A lot there, and I love. I focused on the Saw Gerrera stuff. Okay, that that maybe it's because I was Rebel Rising. He's very prominent in that book. But just that uh, this is a character. I think I love Forrest Whitaker in the movie, but I think we all can agree like there wasn't a lot of saw to bite into in that yeah. movie in Rogue One. And I love seeing him playing out, and I love that line about Are you just gonna do Mon Mothma's errands? Like, yeah, harsh, but maybe even a little true. Mm-hmm. And so I like that the, the the rebellion is building, but also finding itself as it goes along. Yeah, absolutely, and that ties into you know lots of stuff in the Inferno Squad too. Of right. just like yep. you, you, everybody's got to step up for what they believe in. That Hera Kanan thing, I'm really excited about. I know it doesn't work, but I keep thinking in my mind: is their couple name is Karen? It almost works. It doesn't quite. But that's it's like a watch. It's like, Karen. Yeah. Karen. I, you know, they just, Star Wars has been uh, bereft of romance for yes. a while. Mm. And they have this great romance that they're older characters who've already been through a lot. They're mature. It's yeah. not budding young love. It's, yeah. it's uh, we've been fighting these battles. And when when do we get time to be Karen? Karen. <laughs> <laughs> when can Heron and Kanan, Heron and Kanan just be Karen together? Like, that's so exciting. Yeah. It's back to romance, but a kind romance we haven't really seen in Star Wars. Do you think that is an indication that it's been going on all along? 
I think that there's been the, should we? No, we could die any moment. We don't know what's next. Let's right. hold off. That's what I'm taking from the trailer. And now I feel like what they're getting to is like, yeah, let's go to war and start having sex. <laughs> and be in love. <laughs> Disney XD. Um, <laughs> so, Jen, you going to watch this at all? You going to catch uh, up? I really am curious about these force wolves and what's yeah. going on yeah. with, with them. Also, Dave Filoni mentioned that Rook... You guys mm-hmm. remember Ruck from yeah. the Thrawn mm-hmm. trilogy? Yep. He's going to be making an appearance. Yeah, Warwick, Warwick Davis's voice in him. Yeah, yeah, I did I love not it. know that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That was, uh, I think that Star Wars Celebration that, that War came out. Oh, I'm no, no, no. It, the it was on one of the, It wasn't on the main panel. It was on the <laughs> yeah. It was a little panel. side thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm excited about that to see another. You know, I loved Rook. You know, in the last com, uh, not, well, Last Command and Dark Force Rising and all that stuff. Uh, Air of the Empire. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see. It's one of those fun little morsels. Yeah, exactly. I like that yeah so yeah. it looks good it all looks right good we'll get you i have uh, season three blu-ray you can catch up oh you really know. yeah oh okay you know, if you want yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do another gofundme to just make the master <laughs> edit of only the things you absolutely have to see yeah. we need to do a gofundme to get jen a 24 yeah. 7 nanny that just hey. yeah raises her kid it, on porgs <laughs> and, and Wookiee cookies. Yeah, if somebody could edit together the absolute must-see parts of Rebels and then add mm. puffer pigs to background scenes where they're not supposed to be there. Now, there you That's go. Perfect. That's perfect. That's what that. I want. <laughs> well, speaking of consuming content, we're going to be able to consume a lot of it very soon. Yeah. Uh, we all knew it was coming, but Bob, Bob Iger finally confirmed that as of 2019, all Star Wars and Marvel properties will only be available on Disney's streaming service. Other than Netflix, Disney is giving up tens of millions of dollars per movie it receives from Netflix, but Bob Iger is confident that the gamble will pay off. Quote, we're going to launch big and we're going to launch hot. End quote. <laughs> Let's start streaming our shows. <laughs> I love that quote. Uh, he also said that the studio would uh, produce four to five original films and four to five original TV series that will only be available exclusively on the streaming app. So how confident are we that they're going to announce a Star Wars TV show? I don't know about movie, but Star Wars TV show in 2019. Absolutely. I'm saying 99.9%. How else are you going to get a bunch of people to pop up uh, 10 bucks at least a month than us Star Wars fans? <laughs> yeah. What I, what I have a hard time wrapping my mind around is the budget, because like a live-action Star Wars TV show is expensive. Yeah. yeah. I suppose if they did basically like a an eight-episode mm-hmm. first season to see how it goes to really hook people, mm. maybe then... Uh, they could get away with it. Hey, you know, we're conditioned now with HBO and BBC series and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it would work. Yeah, like yeah. a nice short thing. Yeah, I'd be excited about that. I'm also just really excited to see if there's going to be another animated series immediately mm-hmm. for the general public or if it's it'll be quiet until 2019 and be like, hey, the new Mandalore series or whatever they're right. going to do. Right. Animated series is only available here. It's supposed right. to be late 2019 is the launch, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe after, so that'd be after nine, but we still got yeah. one standalone left, right? I mean, in well, theory. In, in theory. theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, not at, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
What year is this? Wait, what year? We were <laughs> the year 2017. 2017's so last year. So next year is Han Solo. Han Solo. So 2019 is episode nine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's wow. a lot. Oof. That's yeah. a lot that's going to be yeah. happening. But I think you're right. I think it's, I mean, cause think about how much content they're going to have there. They're going to have, I'm assuming, Pixar, yeah. right? They're going to have all their Disney movies. And as a parent, any parent knows, you, yeah, I'm going to have to get this streaming service just yeah. for Sign access. up already. Yeah. But then I imagine they're going to have a whole Star Wars complete. Component where it would make sense that they would have a new uh, animated series. Right. Yeah. Ah, it's going to be fascinating. Mm, yeah. I would be thrilled. A lot of fans have written in and said, like, hey, I wish they would do like Warner Brothers does with its DC properties. They just make one unconnected movie off of a, like a really popular run of comic books mm. or a really famous one. Right. I would be really happy to just see, well, here's Lost Stars. It's a standalone animated movie. It's oh. just the story of the book, but here it is animated. On board. Take yeah. my money. Yeah. That On I think I'd really see them doing. Wow. I like that. Yeah. They're going to be a huge powerhouse, I think. Uh, okay. Let's dive into the, all the Ryan Johnson stuff. Yeah. There's a lot. So in an interview that he gave with Empire Magazine, Ryan Johnson talked about how much fun he had writing Kylo Ren. He said that unlike Vader, Kylo Ren is actually more relatable because he's going through the turmoil of adolescence and wanting to separate from his family. He also said that Kylo Ren is basically a, another protagonist, that mm-hmm. he, him and Rey are, are two protagonists, kind of almost like on this on opposite sides of the mm-hmm. same coin, if you will, right. which that really kind of uh, surprised me. Mm-hmm. Now, Ken, you talked about Kylo Ren on your Spotlight Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize how big of a fan you are. I am, which okay. is why when people online say I don't <laughs> acknowledge Kylo Ren fans, I pull out my Kylo Ren Snuggie and get offended. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love Kylo. I love Kylo. I love him because and I, it's weird, though, to hear Ryan Johnson talk about adolescent angst because he's like 30. 32. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. like a generous definition yeah. of adolescent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I get it. I get it. Emo, emo Vader, as people say. And I just thought I, that's just infinitely more intriguing to me that this bad guy is building up. And as far as protagonist, a little remix of what I was talking about on Spotlight. But yeah, just like make him be a protagonist on the road to becoming the antagonist. I'm, I, I like He's the hero yeah. in his own journey, right? Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm on board with that. And, and I, uh, it, the big question that we got a lot of heat for in, on council last week was, you know, where we weren't as a panel weren't interested in his redemption happening. Not that it's not intriguing in its own way and that I couldn't get behind it. But just I want to see I want to see him go through this angst and then decide for good. I'm bad. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, I think with the redemption thing and with the generally like seeing him more as a protagonist, um, it makes sense. We make all the emo jokes about Kylo Ren and they're fun to make, but I think it's just, it's an honestly well-developed character of a character who can't find himself and wants to be very, very bad and is maybe uh, privileged Mm -hmm. from a perspective and doesn't appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So I think the big thing about the redemption is that, that he, he's, he he seems privileged. Like you had all this stuff and it still wasn't uh, Han Solo wasn't nice enough to you or people didn't tell you Darth Vader was your grandfather in exactly the way you wanted to hear it. And so you must bring the universe to its knees. Mm. Um, That's the way we see him right now. So I think people reject the redemption and also the whole Han Solo murdering thing. Mm -hmm. I think the key to all of this, which makes me really excited is are we going to find a way to truly empathize with him? Right. Yeah. Because everything that was presented in The Force Awakens is totally understandable. We've all met people like Kylo Ren. A lot of us have been like Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. But there isn't anything for the audience to go like, 
yeah, I feel bad for you. Mm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think there has to be something in The Last Jedi for us to truly feel like, oh, yeah, if I went through what Kylo Ren went through, I can see why he would so want to be, like, his right. grandfather. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think that that doesn't necessarily mean, like, uh, wanting to be suddenly be a good person, mm. but it is that struggle. Um, yeah. Trying to figure out who who he is, what his identity is. And same thing with Ray, where they're, you know, they have this backstory, but they don't want that to define their future in some mm-hmm. sense, you know? Yeah. He wants to be totally separate mm-hmm. from that. Um, so in that same Empire Magazine interview, he also talked about the discussion of Snoke's backstory. Ryan Johnson did. He said, quote, we got the whole story of Palpatine's rise to power in the prequels, but in the original films, he's exactly what he needs to be, which is just the Emperor. That was entirely how I approached Snoke. I wasn't interested in explaining where he came from or telling his history except where it serves the story. Mm-hmm. So in this day and age, my question is, are fans going to be okay with not learning Snoke's backstory in The Last Jedi or not getting a lot of information about who he is and where he came from? Yeah, this and a, and a great fan inquiry is going to be dealt with next week. Dealt with. Dealt with. <laughs> it's going to be discussed next week on Dispatched. Force Center. Uh, Joseph, uh, we're going to dive into history versus mythology. The, the mythology in yeah. Star Wars. And so uh, it, it's, a, it's a great question, Jack, because I think, I think we need to, you know, so many properties move into this lore and, and 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 like Ryan Johnson himself says he didn't want to write or make a Wikipedia entry. So I am a hundred percent on board with Snoke just being an evil Snoke right now. Right. Yeah. Do I want to find out who he is? Yeah, absolutely. I'd yeah. love it to be something cool. Don't need to be Mace Window or Kitster. <laughs> but for now I can be very content just having him be the evil man in the golden robe. Yeah. Mm. I am thrilled to hear this because uh I have been saying I think for literally years now, <laughs> I think he's an evil dark side user from a different part of the universe. He's yeah. from the next galaxy over. He's super evil. He has a slightly different dark side, uh, you know, ideology than Palpatine does. Like, he organizes his dark side principles slightly different. <laughs> and he has a sweet-ass robe. That's yeah. the character. Right. Period. Yeah. And then we can learn more about just like, oh, well, what what's the story of this other galaxy? What kind of life did he leave? Was, you know? Uh, and I think any, we've got the one thing of uh, Leia and Han clearly knowing who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we'll get some intimation of what that story is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. was he a part of the the, rep, the new Republic at some point? Did he just have a like a trade deal with them? Who knows? But yeah. it's minor. It's minor. Yeah. And look, I I still don't think Snoke's his name. I think it'll be you know Bob Rapscallion. It, 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 <laughs> we'll figure it out. But it doesn't have to be. I'm more on board early on. Force Awakens. Yeah, that's natural. You, you see this mysterious character, and and now we want answers. And then I'm so used to pulling out a Game of Thrones history book and learning everything I need to know about characters. So I think back in 2015, if you had told me, well, you're not going to get an answer about Snoke and Aid, I'd be like, well, why? How did he get that? Uh, but I, as uh, as time goes on, I'm, I'm happy where we're at. Yeah, we'll get a Snoke book. We'll get 8 million Snoke books. It will <laughs> yeah. happen. It's just not a part of the movie. I got really annoyed this week. You know, get off yeah. this tangent. Yeah. There is a, I understand we talk about it all the time. We're all in the pop culture entertainment world. You need, yeah. you need clicks. But there was somebody, somebody had an article like, this article will explain exactly who Pennywise the clown is. And like, right. well, he's a creepy clown. And if you go <laughs> see the movie or read the book, 
that will be the answer because he's the yeah. character in a story. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not like other things where you have to read the Wikipedia yeah. entry. It's just yeah. some things are just the character in the story, period. Trust me, I feel dirty with some of the <laughs> videos I have to make sometimes. I understand. I understand. Oh, trust uh, me. I, yeah, I, I could feel dirtier. I'll try to feel dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan Johnson is making the rounds because uh, he also stopped by the New York Times. And in an interview that he gave with them. <laughs> Hi, guys. Like, he's, he's just walking down the street whistling. <laughs> do, do, does anyone want to know anything about Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> I got some stories to tell. Uh, Ryan Johnson uh, shared a lot of insight to The Last Jedi, such as there was no story laid out for him, no map when he was hired. So he basically had total creative freedom over the script and the film. We've heard that before. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Regarding the question of Ray's parents, he said, I know a lot of people care, but it's interesting as opposed to impactful. He also revealed who the title, The Last Jedi, is referring to, and it is Luke Skywalker. Johnson said that right now in the story of Episode 8, Luke Skywalker is the actual Last Jedi. What is Luke's attitude toward the Jedi? We'll have to wait and see until December. There's so much to unpack here. So first of all, do you do we really think that he had total creative freedom, or is that he just kind of gels better with the Lucasfilm process? That it doesn't feel like it's like they're imposing their will on him. I think we'll talk about this more, but I think, yes, he did have complete creative Mm -hmm. control. And I think he presented them with a really good, well-thought-out story that started with the characters first. And then they're like, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's as simple as that story is. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think he... He played ball well and not just like, yes, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I think he just knew how to tell the story he wanted to tell yeah. and took, I'm sure at some point, took notes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point they, you know, stuff factors in. But let's not forget, you know, he had something to do with one of the plot points in the blood ni- Bloodline novel. Right. You know, he, so he, he had maybe eventually took control of his own story in a great way, so much so that, that they had confidence in, yeah, go tell, tell Claudia to put that in the book and, you know, and he helps her with that. And then, um, you know, there was early reports of him doing a treatment on nine. He's since denied that, but I'm sure he has something in that. So, so yeah, I think he just, he just knew it was a perfect fit. Right. You know, perfect fit. And I, so I believe too. it more. I wouldn't have believed it going back. I mean, I think cause we're so used to the Marvel Kevin Feige thing and we all think that because that's what all these big franchise tentpole movies yeah. want to do. That's the Marvel model. It's a shared universe and we all sit down and we plan this out for 10 years. Maybe Star Wars it's it's a little bit different and we just all thought otherwise, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's shocking to figure out like what the the, you know, Star Wars group did not have a solid idea. Kathleen Kennedy yeah. or J.J. Abrams or Lawrence Kasdan, once they threw out George Lucas's original uh, treatments, right. they didn't have a map for this. That's the shocking part of it to me. Not that Ryan Johnson would just come up with good ideas. Yeah, and yeah, go, yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. great. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Close call. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. I, I think that that's true. I do. Uh, yeah. What about Ray's parents? So I feel like both Ryan Johnson and Daisy really have been downplaying this like a lot. I feel like they're trying to, you know, let people know, like, don't what, don't get your hopes on. What did he say? Interesting, not he impactful? He says that it's uh, interesting as opposed to impactful. Okay. And yeah. that basically um, it doesn't really have anything to do. So with no no Kenobi, no Palpatine, no Skywalker, maybe. It's yeah. Bob and Kathy, yeah. shopkeepers. Uh, I still, I'm still going to guess that she is connected to the larger Star Wars 
galaxy yeah, larger star wars okay. saga in some way i'm still convinced of that because they're making such a point of rose tico and, and finn are the story of the heroes who choose to be heroes rather than the heroes who are fated to be heroes oh. right so that still makes me think that she might be a skywalker she might be a kenobi i feel like what he's trying to dial it back is it's not what's going to move her forward because if mm. if the revelation is mm. turns out you are of the kenobi bloodline mm-hmm She's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, he was a very noble, very troubled man. Um, how does that help you move forward? <laughs> right. Like, it's it's fascinating to us because yeah. we hear these echoes. We know these echoes. Right. But what does it mean to her in the moment? It still means, like, I still need to make my path forward. Exactly. I feel like that's okay. what Ryan Johnson is trying to prepare us for. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's okay. That makes sense. All right. I Once again. You've you've dug into a headline and given me a different <laughs> perspective. That yeah, maybe yeah, maybe it is still something cool, but but she doesn't then pick up her lightsaber much like, you know, like Luke did in New Hope. Like you're you fade like you just said faded. Your fear. This is who you are. But you know, I don't know. Even then, right? Luke had to make a choice. He yeah, could have turned around. Right. Yeah, but you know, I go back to that too. Of like that was such a shock to us yeah, because yeah. or to people who were alive at the time because the 1977 A New Hope is yeah. fun black and white romp when every other movie is about Vietnam and cocaine and mm-hmm. mean taxi drivers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> more than mean. Uh, and so it was this great easygoing story of black and white. What the hero. This yeah. shining white is the sun of the blackness. How could that possibly be right. of the darkness? Uh, how and it had this sort of a, a cultural impact as well. Right, right. And I feel like w- what is that cultural impact going to be? That's not just kind of like a who done it to make Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who boned out on Tatooine? Yeah, that doesn't make an exciting yeah. story. Yeah. Right. Uh, one last thing, mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, Ryan Johnson also mentioned Carrie Fisher's arc in the film, and he said that it's eerie how her scenes will have an emotional meaning and resonance now that she's gone. So I just wanted to say, I think that you guys called it, mm-hmm. I don't know how many episodes ago, saying that Leia is absolutely going to be preparing that she's not going to be there anymore. So she's going to right. be, whether it's mentoring Poe or, or yeah. whoever, to be a real leader. I'm expecting some tears of flowing in uh, my viewing of Last Jedi. Yeah, pretty much every every viewing, all 87. Yeah. The first weekend, I will be crying at. It's going to be yeah. rough. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So last story, which will lead us into our main topic, Lucasfilm announced that Colin Trevorrow is no longer directing Star Wars Episode Nine. In the official statement on StarWars.com, they said that, quote, Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development <laughs> process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our visions for the project differ, end quote. There have been varying reports on why uh, Colin was let go, but a few sites are claiming that he was difficult to work with and he wanted to play by his own rules and when it comes to Star Wars there's only one person that just does that, which is Kathleen Kennedy. So, who do you guys think well, or maybe I don't know. Yeah, if we let's, just get let, right let's into do it. it. Yeah, okay. let's do a transition to our main topic of the week: director adventures and directors of Doom and Star Wars. That's right. There's a lot of changes in the Star Wars directors, <laughs> and Colin Trevorrow is the latest. So, yeah, absolutely. That is the news. First, it's uh, it's uh, one. Of the, I was shooting something at work and got off the set, and the, that the, the tweet started to come out, mm. and I was downright shocked. Mm. I I and I was on council. And I think even on here, uh, I don't think necessarily think we took odd bet odds and placed bets here, but uh, uh, I, I just couldn't comprehend. I, I understood there was problems, mm-hmm. but I was like, "That's just too big." It's episode nine. This isn't the weird little standalone movie. There's yeah. no way. Plus, he's Kathleen Kennedy's and Frank Marshall's and Spielberg's kind of you know 
protege, one of those yeah. hand-picked people. Mm-hmm. But hey, the, nothing's a sure thing. Yeah. I was not surprised. Yeah. Uh, because I think the Lord and Miller thing locked it in. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord mm-hmm. and Miller joke that I kept making is mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy will release you on premiere day if <laughs> she thinks that's going to help the movie. Right. Uh, and I think that just was clearly the way it's going to go. I also just wanted to say I love that uh, press release. Yeah. Because yeah. as you were reading, I was like, what does this press release keep reminding me of? And it's, you know, I, I have like 2,500 friends on Facebook because I just friend anybody yeah. who has a mutual friend. And, you know, I, I have fans there. So every day on Facebook, I see a, this is a very sad announcement, but so-and-so and I have separated. Right. We don't want to take any <laughs> questions. We just want to let our friends know to avoid any awkward conversations. We really tried to work it out. Like, right. Yeah. Like, I see a post like that on Facebook almost every day. I was like, that's what that press release reminds me of. A yeah. we broke up message on Facebook. Wow. Totally. Uh, total totally. aside uh, for fun. <laughs> yeah. But, man, uh, I, I, I hate to say I'm happy about it because I, sure. I know a lot of people love Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. And I know he's, you know, a human being, he's an artist, great, but I just do not think that he was the right match for what episode nine was shaping up right. to be. And yeah. I think it's great to decide that as soon in the process as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is as soon in the process as I think they reasonably could. Yeah. And I think part of what changed about it is Carrie Fisher passing. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about that, but uh, yep. but I think that is it's huge now that you are the person who is crafting the legacy of Leia Organa. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and maybe you know, said not the right person for that. And there's been yeah. some, some public uh, criticisms of his handling of female characters. So yeah, then maybe, maybe that was uh, a large part of it. It, it would make sense. Uh, Jen, number one, were you shocked and surprised? Did you drop your tea when you found this out? Or no, I was like, oh, it, t- it took long enough. I, kn- <laughs> I knew. Jen, I mean, you were stirring your tea. Yeah, yeah. Yep, mm, yep. Like the Kermit the Frog, uh, the get Jeff, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I knew. I knew it was coming, especially when they brought in the the writer yeah. to Jack come. Thorne, yeah. yeah, exactly. I was like, oh boy, there's trouble. But yeah. then I thought, are they going to really do it after they had this Lord Miller shakeup? I didn't know. That, see, that's why that's where I was at. Yeah. Where Joseph, you took more of the hey. Once you fire someone, it gets easier the second time. And I was yeah. more like they couldn't possibly do it again. Yeah. But yeah. But they have. They had to for the yep. sake of the story. There's just too much. You know, I'm a big fan of Ink Master mm-hmm. and uh, the TV show. And one of the most difficult challenges is when they make. Two tattoo artists uh, do two tattoos on a person, but it has to look like it was done by the same artist. Mm. And you get so many talented artists that just can't help themselves and they want to just do their own little flourishes and it doesn't match. You know, Star Wars is is this particular style. And so if you don't fit it... You, you can't work with them. And clearly Ryan Johnson fit it, which, I mean, that's yeah. why I think it ties in. Because Johnson, I, he's been saying this already almost since Celebration, actually before Celebration, just like, I've had a great time. Yeah. My experiences are awesome. I don't, you know, it's, it's this like dot, dot, dot on that sentence of, I don't know why it worked for me. Yeah. When he probably absolutely does. He's probably a good collaborator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm yeah. not sure if there are that many ideas coming from the other side. It sounds yeah. like Kathleen Kennedy has never stood up and said, I am holding the creative flame. Yeah. I am giving my ideas to these uh, writers and directors, and then I'm getting them to execute them. Mm-hmm. She's producing. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure as a producer, she has like overall big arcing ideas yeah. of maybe end on this emotional note, maybe end on that emotional note. But I think more than that, it's just people bringing things to her. So Ryan yeah. Johnson brings her a beautiful, thoughtful script 
that starts with the characters, and she's probably just great. I don't have to worry about anything. Right. And then, and then, Colin Trevorrow brings her one script. Carrie Fisher tragically passes away. Right. He brings her another script that is now loaded with all of that, and who knows what mess it made of the actual plot. Yeah. Mm. If they removed Leia's character entirely. Yeah. And then she says, "I don't like that." Mm-hmm. And then if you get a response that's, I'm pretty sure it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I made a big dinosaur movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that's yeah. fireworks. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we at Force Center definitely don't want to dive into those, uh, those, those gossipy Southern reports. But I got to tell you, Joseph, I got to believe it's true. I got to believe not just, not, not in details, but. That that stuff comes from set leaks. That stuff comes from inside sources. Yeah, and it, it it's telling to me that yeah. the, the story with Lord and Miller and uh, Trevorrow are both that there were creative concerns, right. and interpersonal concerns yeah. and power dynamics. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if they're to believe things like Kathleen Kennedy saying at the outset on a Star Wars film, we do this much coverage, and then Lord and Miller going, "We're only going to do this much, and we're going to start at two o'clock." If those things yeah. are true, yeah. then it's consistent in both these stories that it's creative. And it is artists being stubborn like artists can be sometimes and like, screw you, we're going to yeah. do it our way. Right. Yeah, and, and we, you know, are, we're artists and creative people ourselves. Uh, so, you know, uh, like we, we, we you don't want to take sides in this, Jennifer, but, but let's not forget, in case you haven't had a chance to do it lately, look up Kathleen Kennedy's resume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She's been doing this a long time. Yes. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. I trust her vision. I trust that exactly, Joseph. You know, if you bring her a beautiful script, she's not going to be like, no, you got to do it my way. She's going to recognize that this is a good story. Yeah. But if if you come with it and it's this problematic, then mm-hmm. she's going to want to be more hands-on. And if you are, you know, a young hotshot director who thinks you can do it better, yeah. you're going to have problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess the inevitable question that we should dive into is, is – who or who or who or should, which which might be different answers. <laughs> direct episode nine. Yeah, and now we got uh, juicy tidbits from Ryan Johnson today. Yeah, this very day we're recording about that, right? Where he, right. I think he's in Japan. Yeah, he's yeah. in Tokyo, just walking around to- doing his Last Jedi <laughs> press. <laughs> yes. He's walked all the way from L.A. Yeah. to Japan. I'm walking along, trying to sell his <laughs> Star Wars interviews. <laughs> Please, sir, talk to me about Star Wars, will you? Yeah, uh, yeah. So basically. Basically, what he said, somebody asked him, yeah, right? Do you have this in your your uh, great news? I don't have letter? this okay. written up because it it broke when I was uh, he, yeah driving. Yeah. He basically said that that he was asked if he's going to direct it. Mm-hmm. And he um, basically said, "I'm finishing Last Jedi. I'm looking forward to just sitting in the theater and seeing it." So it was an fan. audience member, right? Yeah. yeah. It 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 would also uh, t- sound a little bit like. Uh, you know, I don't know what, what you would sure. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. What, what's going on? Um, I, I, I read the story. We talked about it today at work and I, I still think he's the guy. You do? You, I still think he's the guy. Wow. You, you think he is the guy? I think he is the guy. I think that there is no way on the face of the earth that Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm would not want him to do it. Right. I yeah. think it is absolutely. There are some double negatives in there, so let me be really clear. <laughs> I think Lucasfilm wants Ryan Johnson to direct episode nine. Yeah. Right. Because why wouldn't they? After all of the roller coaster they've been through, and like, he's right there. Yeah. He's right there, and he... He's so far hit a home run because, you know, again, they've seen the film. They know what they're working yeah. with. Um, so I, I think he should direct. Uh, I, it will come down to him just, you know, if he, does he want to walk away and, and really, really watch it like a fan? This isn't 
turning down Transformers 6. Yeah. This is Star Wars Episode 9 for posterity. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, and I don't think, I to, to go to the quote and all the headlines that came out of it, I don't think he was saying absolutely no. Right. He was doing his the normal, like, well, we haven't talked about it at all, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. it as a fan. Like, well, yeah. you could probably see the, your own movie as a fan, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't think he was, it was yeah. not a, it makes a great headline to say, Ryan Johnson will not direct episode nine, but I don't think he clearly said that. And yeah. even if he did, he can walk it back tomorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I, I did want to do it, then I... A, a truck of money showed up. And that was great. <laughs> right. Yeah, Jen will or should Ryan Johnson direct episode I, nine? I think he will. The, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the only other option would be J.J. Abrams. But in your mind, the only other option? Yeah, I think okay. so. Or heck, Ron Howard. I think that they just want to know. <laughs> I'm not challenging you. I want to, but I do want to know why. Why? Well, why do you went to Abrams? Because I think that they had a good collaboration with him. At least it seemed yeah. that way. Yeah. That they enjoyed working with him, and I think that it's like you know he's going to turn out a good film. I think there's some critics, obviously, of the. Force Awakens, so maybe that might factor into why they may not want to go in that direction. Yeah. You know, and Ryan Johnson is fresh off of doing this, and so it just it makes sense that he would finish the story. Right. Uh, yeah, I think they want to go with a known quantity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. So, Absolutely. And I think J.J. Abrams gave them the movie that they wanted, and right. I feel like even people who dislike The Force Awakens because they think it's too similar, I think that's the movie that Lucasfilm wanted. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I would be okay with Abrams, but that's for me the phrase "okay." I, mm. I, I mean, to be honest, it's like it's 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 almost Ryan Johnson or bust with me. Now there's oh, other wow. yeah. Wow. Now there's other names and choices out there, and they're big names, and a lot of them uh, got tweeted. But the reality of the situation is just. The, the business of this is it's a timing thing. Schedule. Yeah, Patty Jenkins is out as of today as, as because of today. the Wonder Woman production has the exact same schedule. So uh, some of those like yeah. fun, like, wow, I, I think Patty Jenkins would be a great choice. Wonder Woman shares a lot of the like DNA mm. of Star Wars, but she can't. Ava DuVernay's another choice that's mm. going around. I think I think absolutely you'll see her direct a Star Wars movie at some point. Right. Uh, Wrinkle of Time, I think, is maybe mostly done. It has a March release, but yeah. that's post-production hell. She might not be able to do it. And uh, and so I'm seeing a lot of those kind of tweets and the other Favreau, he can't do it. Lion no. King, um, all those kind of... Spielberg. Yeah. I don't even think Spielberg can do it. It'd no. be interesting, but I don't think he could. So yeah. that's why I, this is not going to be high on Buck McIndependent on <laughs> uh, Here's Episode 9. You know, I, I just... I'd be shocked yeah. if that was it. I think it's so telling that they went to Ron Howard. Yes. yes. Because this is not only, like I said, it's not only creative. It's about how, how you make a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kathleen Kennedy is so right. old school, and she, she has yeah. an idea of the way a movie is made, a big blockbuster movie yeah. is made. So, I yeah, it's got to be somebody who is old school. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's got to be somebody who is just trustworthy, is going to totally understand, like, great, I'll put a little bit of my flair around the edges. But other than that, I'm making yeah. a Star Wars movie. I am not making a I am young director McHot Pants movie. Yes. I am making a yeah. Star Wars movie. And I, I think you have to almost I mean I'm trying to rack my brain for alternate choices right yeah. now. And Spielberg's no. like one of the only ones. Yeah. You know, famously almost directed Jedi, blah, blah, blah. David Lynch, I don't think he That's would, not happening. <laughs> that one went around. Yeah. Um no. so yeah, that's why. Joe Johnston, who did uh, Captain not, America First Avenger, was like the only other person. That's not a bad choice because of his also ties to ILM anyways. Yeah. That's not a bad yeah. choice. Because he's like a meat and potatoes guy. And again, Captain yeah. America First Avenger has that, that DNA of like, yeah, the world's rough, but hope. Yeah. Let, while, while you guys chat, you'll hear some uh, you'll hear some chat, uh, some typing. I'm going to look up Joe Johnston because. See what he's up to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. we got to give him a call. Free? Yeah. 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 But, 
pre-production is going to start in January, right? Is that the is that the slate? It's it's. Yeah. I mean, I, or like as I soon as possible. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I guess the, I mean we're talking director, but the real problem right now, obviously, is the script, y- well, yeah, right? Because right, exactly. it may be Jack Thorne's typing like mad and want to talk <laughs> gifts. He, maybe he's the Kermit typing on the <laughs> typewriter <laughs> gift right now, right. Uh, and maybe he's killing it, or maybe yeah. it needs many more drafts because <sighs> the not having a thorough arc planned. Yeah. Not knowing exactly what you want to say about these twin protagonists of uh, Ray and Kylo and where they end up, and then tack onto that, you know, yeah. uh, all that's going to be opened up with Leia. Right. You know, that's a huge amount of like sc- the script needs to be in the right place. You can't fudge it to, you, as a director yeah. to fix this script. The script <sighs> needs to be locked in. Right. Oh, man, I, I have not. Uh, so Johnston, the only thing he's got in the pipeline is the uh, Chronicles of Narnia Silver Chair, which is announced. No real date. Huh. OK. Um, he's wide open. And, and for those who uh, need a little refresher on him, you know, he uh, provided the final designs for Yoda and Boba Fett, according to trivia. Uh, also, original concept designer created the final designs for Millennium Falcon, X-Wings, Y-Wings, Imperial Star Stories, the Death Star and, and the Adats. Um Again, designed the Iron Giant uh, and is considered the father of Boba Fett. So there's a lot there. Yeah, and I'm not nuts. I'm not conflating two people. He's the director, too. He's yeah. Rocketeer and Captain Rocketeer, America. Rocketeer First and Avenger, Captain right? America, yeah. October yeah, okay. Sky, one of my favorite movies. Very character-based uh, movie. Uh, Indiana Jones Chronicles, which, of course, uh, oh, ties in again. Right. So yeah. um, there you go. Jurassic Park 3. But if the script is not rock solid... They they gotta bring basically it's Ryan Johnson, you guys. I think yeah. we just solved it. Oh, it has yeah, to yeah. be Ryan yeah. Johnson yeah. because he he can write the script, he can direct it, no problems. They, it's a safe bet. They can't take a gamble again. Yeah, and fire Absolutely somebody else. Not. And that's not the, other, the other thing with Jack Thorne is Jack Thorne might have been like, we're giving the Trevorrow vision one more chance, and mm. Thorne might be out now. Yeah, and yeah. it might be back right. to like, all right, we need Kasdan, we need <laughs> yeah. Abrams, we need Ryan Johnson, we need <laughs> Filoni. Throw him in there. We need oh, the man. Star Wars. Well, call up Claudia Gray. We yeah. need like. Yeah. The Star Wars brain trust yeah. on this script. I mean, you know, the idea of Ryan Johnson just doing the script and story. Yeah. Mm. And maybe, hey, Ryan, you don't want to direct. Can you at least tell the story for us? Yeah. Right. And we'll have someone else to do that. Maybe that's a Joe Johnston. I'm telling you, I think I think you might have just, uh, you've just come up with a dark horse candidate. Okay. Scrimshaw. Okay. I'm, a I'm, scrimshaw, I'm, scrimshaw special. <laughs> I'm proud of my dark horse, yeah, Joe I like Johnston. That yeah, I like that he's, he's, uh, he's a solid, great, yeah. meat and potatoes director, which sounds like an insult, but it's not. No, it's not, delicious. and it's not at this point. And, and, and <laughs> still, it is delicious, says Lucasfilm. And I think you'll get more, uh, you know, uh, more wide and 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 diverse storytellers uh, in in the Star Wars galaxy. Just now, it's it's not the time because they need this one to continue to build the foundation for this to grow. Yeah, yeah. And that's where that's at. So how how are we feeling? Uh, uh, you know. About the if the script is still up in the air, would we want to see a recasting of Leia? We we had talked about that here, yeah. Joseph. You were very adamant early on of hey, respect the character as well as Carrie Fisher. Yeah, could you see a change? Yeah, I mean, I can see that it is up in the air again because right. I think that was the take that they decided with Trevorrow and and Kathleen Kennedy at the time. But if right. somebody else comes in and says, hey, you know, we we need Leia to finish this story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still on board with it. Uh, I, you know, I always want to be really respectful of it. I would, 
I would probably right. be like all in for it if there was a statement from her family. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, we support the recasting. Then I think I would be loud. I would get cowbells and I would walk down the street, you know, saying, I think she should be recast. Right. Um, because there's a part of me that does think that there is such a difference between the person and the character. Mm-hmm. And it is a little disingenuous to make the argument that the character is the actor when we're all going to go see young Han Solo. Right. And I know it is a different thing, sure. but it is still like, yeah, no, you're right. Carrie Fisher created a legend mm-hmm. right. that is Leia Organa. Right. And I think if it was the right person, it could still be really powerful. Could still be. I, I agree with that, Jen. Yeah, you know. Tough, I don't, tough call. I know. I don't know, you guys, because this this script, I mean, if it's so wobbly right now, it would need it would need Ryan Johnson, who's going to be writing it, to come <laughs> out and, and say, pitch us why. Why they want to recast it, and mm-hmm. a great point about the family as well. Then we, of course, yeah. I'd be on board. But it has to it has to be a good story. Otherwise, don't do it. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Um, is there is there a crisis going on here, at Lucasfilm, or is this just uh, Kathleen Kennedy putting her foot down? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you, it's definitely like they don't want to keep doing this, right? I'm sure she doesn't yeah. want to keep yeah. doing this. I'm sure this is why Trevorrow got axed now, right. Instead of during you know actual shooting of the film. Uh, but I feel like. My uh, uh, opinion in in uh, vision is that they thought, let's go avant garde. Let's get mm-hmm. not not full avant garde, but like let's yeah, get yeah. directors to do their own vision. And then they started to realize, like, no, that's really problematic when you have a, a weird thing like Star Wars that is this incredibly balanced cocktail. Yeah, that must have all of these right ingredients. And I feel like the firings, even though they're like big and inflammatory, are course corrections. Yeah, and the mistakes were hiring people who had too much of their own, uh, uh, not vision, because I, I want people to have vision, but we're going to make it's, their movie before they made a Star Wars movie. That's mm-hmm. the way to say it, and just the reality of of, uh, of not not working within the system that's created and that that's possible. Um, so I think uh, I I get the concern. I It's it's confusing at times as a, as a fan. Sorry, my chair's falling. <laughs> that's why you're here. It's, it's really fun, when, when, specifically when Ken is like yeah. wrestling with exactly how do I want to phrase this to be delicate and then sinking lower and lower. I was like, looked over all yeah, the yeah, no, I, I bought these, uh, you know, that's, you, you get this kind of leathery sound here. I bought some chairs for the studio. When this, there's money left over from the f- pork funds. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Uh, yeah, um, I can't even remember. Oh, I, yeah, I'm on the side of management here, which is <laughs> something yeah. I fall on often when yeah. people don't like me. But uh, um, I, and again, but when I say management, this is a very accomplished producer Kathleen Kennedy who is an artist herself in ways you know you, you know you're your business person, but also an artist when you're a producer. So I, I trust what she's got going on and I, and as a fan, I don't want them to be like, well, next time we should have we'll do this. I want them to do it now. Right. Yeah. Right. How yeah. about you? I think that they're learning, and I think that it, they're learning from their. I don't want to say mistakes, but I think it, it actually gives me hope mm-hmm. that they are sticking to their guns and they want to make a really excellent film, and they're yeah. not going to settle for anything less. Right. Because if if it came out and the film was not like a Star Wars film and he didn't do Leia justice, you yeah. know, yeah, they'd be so disappointed. Oh, I would. Yeah. And so I'm it, glad that they. This new trilogy has to end right. Has yeah. to end strong. Um, is part of this though, Joseph, that we just, you know, we know so much. Yeah. We're in this business, all of us from different angles and aspects of it. And, 
every day we hear, you know, this actor circling this, these talks. You know, back in the day, I went to a movie theater lobby, and that's how I learned about movies being made. Oh, yeah. that's coming out next week? That's, <laughs> oh, they made that. So it, do we just know too much, and that's why we're having more uh, information to fret over? Yeah, I think so, because I think these movies come out, and they're great, mm. if that's what happens. If Han Solo is great, if Episode Nine is great, this is going to be a blip in the history of Star Wars. Like, right. 10 years from now, young Star Wars fans will be, like, learning for the first time. Like, did you know there was absolute chaos at Lucasfilm? Yeah. I didn't know that. You know, it's going to be a blip. And yeah. I was thinking of like Return of the Jedi when Lucas hired somebody with Richard Marquand who clearly wasn't yeah. that accomplished of a director. Right, Wasn't right. going to oppose him. And then Lucas is on set every day. And imagine like how that story would be written of like, well, oh, yeah. some no one was hired to direct the final Star Wars movie. And now yep. Lucas is on set every day? Yeah. This thing's falling apart. You know, like, they're, they're calling it episode four, the Blue Harvest. <laughs> or episode six, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it is, too. I think we just, we and we have... We have something new every day to, to fret over, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and there there's times, you know, I, I cover these these news stories at work where one day we're doing a story on this, and the next day the person's like, I didn't say that, and then we're having to do a, do, doing a story on the retraction. <laughs> All right. That's why I kind of like all jokes aside that here at Force Center we have we have a week or so between our recording sessions. <laughs> you know, maybe one day we'll be fortunate enough to, to record live on Tuesdays or something like that, but... We have time to kind of gather it all yeah. up and spit it out <laughs> yeah. and digest it, too. So I don't know, Jen. Yeah. It's just part of this go- kind of almost like a gossip news yeah, cycle. In it some is. Sense. You know, yeah. we have to come up with content. Well, not we yeah. per se, but yeah, all the sites have to come up with content. So yeah. it's the same thing. It's like it's like a melodrama. Ooh, what's happening now with Kathleen Kennedy, the yeah. villain? You know, she's suddenly been cast as the villain. And uh, I mean, it's just right. so silly. It's right. just business, show business. Shows. Yeah, business. The show must go on. It's That's so right. funny to think yeah. of her. The you know, with Lorda Miller, I can understand. It was easier to cast her as a villain because we, uh, you know, the, we all love Lego Movie and Twenty One right. Jump Street was great. And you know, I love, I love uh, Last Man on Earth, which is something from their minds as well, with Will Forte's mind. So. It was easy to go, oh, Kathleen, come on, you had these wonderful directors. But then, you know, at the same, like you mentioned earlier, Joseph, did Colin Trevorrow hasn't exactly been a beloved artist yeah. as of late. Yeah. So, so shouldn't people be glad that she was like, no, you know, yeah. I don't like what you're doing. Get out of here. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, you, we, we talked about. You said avant garde. Uh, I, David Lynch was much was offered. <laughs> we know was offered. Yeah. He was Return so the great. And then heard Lucas's. <laughs> Telling of it was like, nah, I'm okay. So could Star Wars ever truly fall into the hands of someone like that with, with that it's so distinctly them? Yeah, I'm really wrestling with that because I love, I'm, I'm a very artsy guy. I have a visual art degree, for God's sake. So, you know, I you? love David Lynch. Um, but there is something about the sort of shared universe properties where I feel I, as a viewer, mm-hmm. only want so much auteurness. Yeah, yeah, I only want to see a little bit of that stamp of the individual of the artist because I want the overall story to be told. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people uh, love the third Harry Potter movie the best, <laughs> and I think it's yeah. one of the best movies. But it's super jarring because it doesn't quite fit in with the rest because it's more right. stamped by that director and just my personal taste, like. I want a little bit, yeah. not the full. Maybe if they ever get into like, hey, here's a Star Wars story that just it's utterly disconnected. And if we get right. really, really used to that and it doesn't come 
anywhere near even mentioning the Skywalkers or the Clone Wars, and it is just mm-hmm. the Ewoks have a dream tree, and they go in it, and weird <laughs> things happen. The, give me that weird Ewok dream tree movie <laughs> made by David Lynch, where it's just close-ups of their feral little mouths <laughs> eating. Great. Great. But it's really got to be, for me, it's got to be separated in some way yeah. really, really solidly from the Star Wars is we yeah, know. I, uh, 100% that you're right. But, Jen, what do you think about this Ewok dream train? Oh, I love yeah, that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I think that the problem is is that if you have a Tarantino, if you have a Lynch, if you have Wes Anderson, who I love. Yeah, I love Wes. Yeah. yeah, but it's like we know them because of their specific style. Yeah. It can't be a Wes Anderson Star Wars film. That's no, bizarre. Vader walked in. Yeah, no, it has to be. Star Wars is a very specific style. And if, if an auteur comes in, it yeah. then it just Changes that up. Yeah. Darth Vader was in the winter of his discontent. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think you're, you're so right. Because, yeah, Joseph, you're right. You're, you're one of the more artist friends I know. Yeah. But the, when I needed business advice, I went to you first. <laughs> so you have yeah. both sides of the coin, which yeah. is, I think, needed in this town here. Um, yeah, I don't know who will direct. We'll figure it out. Could there, though, Joseph, be a wild idea? Out there? Yeah, I have a weird pitch. Oh, a yeah. very weird pitch. I don't, I don't think I like this idea, but I just want to throw it out to my Star mm. Wars friends. What if... It was a random Star Wars fan because that supports the theme of anybody can be a hero. Anyway. And my idea was like, there's just some sort of like golden ticket, oh. little little holocron that's buried. Like everybody has to buy a porg, and then yep. you, like you open your porg very delicately, and inside one there's this that like, gleaming orb. That means you are the director of Star Wars yeah. Episode Nine. Congratulations. Oh You've got a golden pog. You've got a golden pog. <laughs> Is that beautiful and poetic or terrifying? It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hey, who knows? The right, it's terrifying because, like, I've got, uh, you know... For, I love that some people listen to Force Center and they and, and they want to be part of our Star Wars family. I have people trying to send me scripts for Star Wars. Like, can you read this? Sure, love it. You put your heart into it. I I can't. I don't know uh, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, don't can't know. pass that on. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, Jen, you could direct a good Star Wars, right? Uh, I don't even know if I trust myself. Really? I I fire me. <laughs> That's a big responsibility. It is. You yeah. know, so ooh, leave it to the professionals. I agree with that. I wonder. Well, you know. I'll tell you what, tell you what, though, this one time we'll open it up. You can go to our Facebook page. If you haven't liked the Facebook page, go to it, find the Force Center Facebook page, and this is the time to send us a log line for your episode nine. Oh, Maybe we'll yeah. pass it along. You like that. Or we'll read it next uh, next yeah. time around. In a yeah. couple, couple weeks, we'll read it. We'll gather some up. Yeah, yeah. When we post the episode, we'll post that on uh, Facebook, the pitch, yeah. for, the pitch for Pitches. The Pitch for Pitches. Well, we'll see. The answer, I think, will come sooner than later. I think Lucasfilm will have to announce this before the big push for Last Jedi so they can get on with their lives. Mm-hmm. We'll see when that happens. You guys let us know. Chime into that conversation. As always, though, we like to go into audience questions from many different sources, Joseph. That's right. Uh, we got a lot of recording to do this evening, so we'll, we'll go through these a little bit uh, more quickly than we normally yeah. do. But we have two uh, from a non-Patreon source, uh, Facebook. First from Facebook, Brandon Harbecki. Assuming they could take a break from fighting and or their day jobs, which characters would be good at making hollow movies? That's great. What about related areas, like craft services? Oh I really gosh. like the uh, the breadth of, of uh, options Brandon offers here. Yeah. Ken, what do you think? Who in the Star Wars world would be good at making hollow movies? You know what? I, I, I think it would be Rey. I think oh. she 
spent all that time. Yeah, she spent all that time on Jakku by yeah, herself, kind dreaming. of lost in her own world. And when you see her put on that 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 X-wing uh, helmet uh, and, mm. and kind of getting lost in her head there, mm. I'm sure she's. You know, if I'm alone by myself for more than an hour, I start talking to myself. I'm sure oh, a, lot yeah. of pe- a lot of people do. So I think I think Ray's got some stories to tell. Nice. Oh, this is great. I would yeah. love to see Lando as like a producer, <laughs> fun producer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as far as like an auteur, I think yeah. Saw Guerrero would be like an Oliver Stone. <laughs> oh. Right? It's the truth. Yeah. My movie tells the truth. Yeah. Intense. You're still doing Mon Mothma's cheap, predictable plays. Yeah. <laughs> My movies have vision. Uh, I was going to go with Sabine because she's like the artist oh, that we oh, know. Yeah, she's yeah, a like visual that. artist, so maybe there'll be very visual movies, but I, I would yeah. like Sabine. And then for craft services, I want 3PO. <laughs> 3PO would be good. You know what I was thinking about, uh, Brandon, great question, great follow-up question, because, like, Star Wars, you don't necessarily have that. Yeah. Where, you know, again, I'll go to, like, Game of Thrones, you have Hot Pie. And everything, he, <laughs> oh, and once he got pie. free from Hall, all he was talking about how to butter bread and cook a good stew. Yeah. Mm. We don't have, like, a lot of, like, uh, that. Like, Chefs. some character going yeah. around, like, oh, you know what? I'd love to cook. Food is not prominent in Star Wars. <laughs> no. Yeah. Except for Gourmanda. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Hey. Yeah. And we got another food question coming up, so we can dive in. Uh, yeah. That's a little bit later. Right now we have from Dan Lin, also on Facebook. Do you think Luke's lightsaber is hidden in his walking stick, similar mm. to Maul in Rebels Season 2? What do we think? I think that's a great idea, Dan. I'm going to answer no, but I think that's a great idea. I could see that happening. But good marketing potential. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. I feel like it is maybe uh, Ray's staff all over again that it is so right there that it can't be what it is. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. it's not now leaked. Now it's it's on his uh, his, uh, his figure. His yeah. figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be. Uh, it would be cool. I'd be happy. I love walking stay. I love sword canes. I love lightsaber canes too. Sword yeah, canes. Lightsaber canes. You know what I want to see now? All of a sudden I have this image of, of Luke walking with a cane like Willy Wonka and then stumbling and falling and then doing a somersault and bouncing right, up right. <laughs> with his lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's Teresa Nube's got that technology too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a great idea. It might happen. Eh, may not, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Patreon questions. Jeff Wasson, great patron on Patreon, asks, if the execution of Order 66 and Revenge of the Sith made the clones exterminate the Jedi. What do you think orders one through 65 would have made them do? I think a lot of them weren't necessarily militaristic in nature. I think like order 32 was to clean Palpatine's chambers. I think 34 was to shine up a speeder or two. I don't think it was all bad (laughs) militaristic things. Order 66, because it sounds so ominous and evil, was the death one. I believe rule 34 is the principle that any a uh, thing you can think of, any pop culture thing you can think of, there is some porn version of it on the yes. web. So <laughs> I'm terrified of Order 34. <laughs> I don't want to know what Order 34 was. Uh, yeah, I think maybe maybe he could have had, like, uh, maybe one was assassinate the Senate. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, maybe one was just all of you go to sleep right now. Yeah. Maybe nap. Uh, and maybe kill Jar Jar. Oh. Mm, yeah, that might be. Those are some guesses. Order one. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Any other ideas? There's Jen? a lot. They have a lot of rules. You know, they <laughs> they don't allow feral animals. Mm. These codes and yeah. orders. There's a lot of micromanaging going right. on. Yeah. So, okay. So you think yeah. some of the orders would have just been really uh, 
day-to-day maintenance exactly. stuff. Exactly. You must, you know, clean your bunk before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> bunk or, clean. Or else. Or the 57. <laughs> Tuck in your sheets. <laughs> uh, all right. Our final question is once again about cooking. It is from our patron Manning Franks who asks, oh, and for fun, who would win in a Star Wars version of Iron Chef or Chopped with host Dexter Jetster? And then Manning, thank you for just giving us four options to choose from. Yeah. The options Manning gives us for who would be the best host of a cooking show is Yoda, General Grievous, Aunt Beru, or Lando. Mm. Mm. Jennifer? Well, my initial reaction was Grievous because Mm -hmm, he could mm -hmm. use, obviously, multiple hands. But I actually think Aunt Beru would be do well under pressure. Yeah, right. I'm a huge fan of Chopped, and that time, yeah. you know, really gets you. Yeah. So I think she'd be cool. Secret as a ingredient is Dagobah snake. <laughs> um, Yoda would give it a good try. We already know how he cooks. Grievous would get angry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lando would halfway through pour a drink and stop. <laughs> I think it's Aunt Beru. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go off map and say it should be Gormanda? Oh, it should be. <laughs> I, well, I was going to go off map and say Chopper. <gasps> Chopper? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Everything that Chopper makes, there would be a surprise in. Like, it would be <laughs> spicier than what you ordered. Uh-oh. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say Chopper's going to roof you, but... <laughs> <laughs> you can't trust Chopper. Yeah, Chopper I don't quite trust. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with Lando, because I think okay. Lando's oh. very sensual, and I think yeah. he wants to make things a good experience. Experience. He's probably, he wants to be like, yeah, baby, you've never tried, yeah. you know, a soup like this. Well, you sure do belong in my five course <laughs> meal. Yeah, Lando's oh probably wooed some people via meals. Oh yeah, so you can true. see him sprinkling the sparkles yeah, on yeah, the. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful, great questions, everyone. As always, and those come from our Patreon page, which you could support on Patreon.com/slash Four Center. Just two dollars a month gets you the bonus episode, and we're building towards a new goal of non-generic theme music. And our questions come from other locations as well, like Twitter and Facebook. Follow us at Four Center Pod. Don't forget at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center, you can buy our merchandise. That is it for this week. Joseph, you survived Dragon Con. I imagine you might be laying low for a bit. Yeah, I'm resting a little bit, uh, but I got more stuff coming up. You can always uh, check out my podcast, Obsessed, uh, on Feral Audio, my Anchor Station headcanon, and I should be, uh, I believe I will be starting a new fun show with my friend Angela Weber here in Los Angeles very soon, so follow me on the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. Love it, Jennifer. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, If you want to see the Porg video, uh, my daughter hugging the giant Porg, you can find that on Twitter, at Jennifer Landa. You can see it on my Facebook page, Instagram, all those good sites. Oh, and YouTube.com slash Jennifer Landa. Yeah, it's it's a sweet video. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend (laughs) it. You can follow me at Catnapsock and on Anchor, my show Daily Thrones. We're continuing to discuss Game of Thrones, even though Season 7 is wrapped. Much more to discuss. Download the app and find it there. It's also available podcast form as are we on itunes or apple podcast as it is called now podomatic and stitcher and i swear i don't know how many times i've said it (laughs) but i have the google play instructions up and i can't figure it out there's even a video that shows you how to fix your rss feed um i can't i'm a dodo yeah i have to figure we need chopper we need chopper we need a we need a, a Ten-year-old to come. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that's it for this week. You know what to do. Follow us along, and we appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week when we dive into histories and mythologies and lore. And what does it all mean? And does it take away from the myth of the Star Wars storytelling? And a lot more things to discuss. We'll see y'all next week on Four Center.